Welcome to The Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. This is episode 188 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Wednesday, July 6, 2022. I want to say thank you so much to my good friend, Donnie Copeland, who has filled in for me for the last few episodes. We were out of town visiting family in the Florida Panhandle. And uh, just delighted to be back. Coming up, details. On the July 4th Highland Park, Illinois shooting, you probably haven't heard anywhere else. Also, politicians finally call the border crisis an invasion. And Russia, China, and Iran get ready to do military drills in Latin America. What could go wrong? Now, just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to acknowledge. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. All right, I want to get started on the July 4th shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, and we have some audio. We have a lot of audio, as a matter of fact, but um, we also have a lot of details that I want to give you about this. First of all, though, Illinois Governor J.D. Pritzker, the gun grabber, typical liberal Democrat, and of course you know what his response, his solution is going to be. Our founders carried muskets, not assault weapons. And I don't think a single one of them would have said that you have a constitutional right to an assault weapon with a high-capacity magazine. What a knucklehead. Our founders had just defeated the most powerful military in the world because American citizens were able to keep and bear arms. Our founders wanted American citizens to be able to keep and bear the same kind of arms the military did, any military, so we could remain free. Now, J.D. Pritzker is either too ignorant to know that or he's lying and doesn't want you to know it. Why do you think the politicians always want to disarm us? Have you ever thought about that? Remember what Rahm Emanuel said, former Chicago mayor, before that, former Obama chief of staff, never Let a good crisis go to waste, right? That's what we always get. That's what we always get. Okay, Highland Park, Illinois. And, 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 And by the way, this guy was on law enforcement's radar. Does that surprise you? The shooter, the alleged shooter 
on law enforcement's radar, Highland Park, Illinois press conference on the July 4th shooting and some alarming things they admit here. Throughout the past 24 hours, investigators have spoken with numerous witnesses, some of the survivors. Uh, They've had the opportunity to review numerous video clips, uh, both from cell phone video recordings and fixed cameras in the area, and they've uh, conducted a number of other follow-up investigations. And based on where we're at at this point in the investigation, and some of this is still preliminary, so is subject to change as we keep moving forward, but we do believe Cremo pre-planned this attack for several weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about it on video. Uh, He brought a high-powered rifle to this parade. He accessed the roof of a business via a fire escape ladder and began opening fire on the innocent Independence Day celebration goers. The rifle was purchased in Illinois, and the information we have thus far is that it appears to have been purchased legally by Cremo. Now, I'll tell you in a few minutes how he got away with that. Uh, During the attack, Primo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. Now, why hasn't the trans community come out and said, oh, you're transphobic? Maybe he was identifying as a woman. Why, why, Why don't we hear that from any transgenders? I mean, what next? Maybe he's going to identify as not the shooter, huh? During the attack, we believe that Cremo fired more than 70 rounds from this rifle into the crowd of innocent people. Following the attack, Cremo exited the roof. He dropped his rifle, and he blended in with the crowd, and he escaped. Uh, He walked to his mother's home, who lived in the area, and he blended right in with everybody else as they were running around, almost as he was uh, an innocent spectator as well. He borrowed his mother's vehicle. Uh, We issued an alert yesterday afternoon. Chief Jogman uh, provided the vehicle information and Cremo's information. Uh, We're very thankful that an alert member of the community saw Cremo's vehicle traveling southbound on Route 41. Okay, wait. How'd you develop him as a suspect, though? Was it all his social media and YouTube postings saying what he was going to do? I mean, he was on your radar already, right? Dialed 911, an alert North Chicago police officer spotted the vehicle, waited for additional backup units to arrive, conducted a traffic stop, and they were able to safely apprehend Cremo with no injuries to the officers. Inside the vehicle, there was a second rifle located. Uh, indications is that was purchased by Cremo as well. Thus far, over 30 people were injured during the attack, and this does not include the six who lost their lives. Right now, Cremo remains in custody at this time. By the way, now it's seven. Uh, There are no indications that there was anybody else involved in this attack. By all indications, it appears Cremo was acting by himself. The Lake County State's Attorney's Office has been with us from the ground level. They're with us this morning. They were with us through the night. Uh, We continue to review the information. Investigators are still developing leads and and very critical information. Uh, Once we're at a point where we're ready to review all of that information for charges, uh, we will sit down with the State's Attorney and review for criminal charges. Speaking of the uh, Lake County State's Attorney, yeah, yeah, this guy's a politician, Eric Reinhardt. Oh, good grief. This guy, this guy is abysmal. Celebration of freedom 
has ended in despair for our community. All of the people who died, steps from here, lost their freedom. All of it. Right, and it's horrible. And we mourn with those who mourn. Every ounce of freedom that they had. The freedom to love, the freedom to learn, and the freedom to live a full life. Their freedom matters too. Who said it didn't? We must do more as we think and reflect upon their freedom on this July 5th. Okay. Well, prosecute the guy you arrested. And if he's found guilty, go for the death penalty. Okay? That's what I call doing more. Illinois has a strong red flag law that keeps communities safe. Not this time, bucko. Red flag law didn't work, bro. This guy should never have been allowed to buy a gun. Illinois does not have a strong red flag law that keeps communities safe because red flag laws don't keep communities safe. If the law worked as intended, this guy never would have been able to legally buy a gun. So you're lying. You're uh, tap dancing on this one. And respects everyone's rights. No, it doesn't. We must vastly increase awareness and education about this red flag law called the Illinois Firearm Restraining Order. What, law enforcement doesn't know about it? They call the cops, the the, the family call the cops on him. The goal... The goal of this tool is to ensure the safety of the individual and those around them. Didn't work, did it? It allows courts to temporarily remove guns and prevent the purchase of new guns by individuals who pose a significant rest. Prevent them from buying new guns, huh? Didn't work, did it? As I said, this tool allows temporary removal from the subject and prohibits the new purchase during the duration of the order just doesn't work and you got seven dead and dozens dozens wounded because you're doing going about it all wrong bro it allows individuals to stabilize their treatments excuse me stabilize their behavior seek treatment and access other resources that our community must invest in to give those who need help and all to no good whatsoever useless Pointless. But separate from these red flag laws. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about how wonderful red flag laws. You're defending the red flag laws when they didn't work. And you got something else? Which are very powerful in Illinois. No, they're not. And you know it. You're lying. We should also ban assault weapons in Illinois and beyond. What is an assault weapon? You already have an assault weapon law in Illinois. What, what is an assault weapon? They're already banned. Idiots. Dancing on the graves. Bodies aren't even cold yet. Come on. The assault weapon ban, the assault weapon ban was implemented in 1994 with bipartisan support and with the support of law enforcement. 
It lasted for 10 years. And studies have shown that mass shootings like what happened yesterday went down during those 10 years. What a liar. Columbine checks in. We should have that same ban in Illinois and beyond. In the entire country. Yeah, it doesn't work. They know it doesn't work, and they don't care. They don't care. They're fascists, and they want to punish law-abiding American citizens for what murderers do. That's what fascists always do. That's what fascists always do. Yeah, now I'm going to explain to you a lot of stuff that went wrong on this. But we have some discrepancies. Was the guy on the roof or was the guy not on the roof? Now, here is um, on CBS News, uh, Gabriela Martinez, an eyewitness of the Highland Park, Illinois shooting. I actually saw the shooter on top of Ross Cosmetics. He was in the roof on top of Ross Cosmetics, shooting towards the angle, not like towards, the, like, I don't know if it's towards the parade or people, but like towards where we were. And we were all dug down, and then I started screaming for my niece, my little nephew, her husband, my daughter. Then I, I think he was reloading. I don't, I don't even know. Like, as soon as you, when you're in that situation, like, you really don't know what to do because you start getting into a panic mode. And I got up. I grabbed my daughter. She slipped out of my hands twice. And I was getting really scared that she was going to get shot. So I tried to, like, cover her against my body so that if, it, if she got shot, I would get shot first. And then as soon as I was able to see Uncle Dan's, I pushed her in the store. Okay, so there you have a uh, an eyewitness talking about seeing the uh, seeing the shooter up on the roof. She mentioned what store. Okay, but then we've got a we've got a different eyewitness. Now, this is a courtesy of the Rush Hour show on News Nation, which is a national news network that just tries to give you the news without a whole lot of spin one way or the other. A guy named Michael Schwartz, who was at the uh, shooting July 4th parade, Highland Park, Illinois. Well, first of all, um, my wife is confined to a wheelchair, and I was there along with my two-week-old grandson who was in a buggy, so we did not have the option of fleeing. We had to stay there, uh, kind of laying on the ground. I had my wife as, as close to the ground as I could get her in the wheelchair and the baby buggy. We had them both positioned behind something. Uh, this it was somewhat of a protection but because of this and, and partially because I couldn't believe that this was not fireworks I stood up to see what was going on and, and I've really got to I know this is going to go against the grain of what people are saying but I saw the shooter I saw his gun uh, in between the rounds I stood up uh, because he was reloading and I, and I thought it was safe and I saw him he was uh, a young kid skinny and uh, he was in a, uh, a military shooting position very close to the ground the kind of position only a young skinny kid could get into and- wait a minute close to the ground 
close to the ground, huh? And when he began shooting again, I hit the ground again. But I had a good look at this guy. He was not on a rooftop. He was on the street. He was right behind the uh, the, the street post that had a stop sign on it, and he was shooting from behind that. This information about being on a rooftop, just because there there was a, an access to the rooftop, doesn't mean he was there. I mean, I... Good grief. I saw this kid, and I, by the way, um, I saw when he got up and ran, when the gunfire stopped, I looked, and he got up and ran, and I saw him run north on 2nd Street, and at that point, I knew we were safe, and I was able to get my wife and uh, uh, our grandchild out of there safely, Um, but in doing so, we had to go around a dead woman who was shot, and um, ahead of her were probably six or seven people who were down on the ground, but my first concern was to get, get them safely. Okay, now, um, I've got some information about why the alleged shooter was on law enforcement's radar, as it were, okay? And how he was able to legally, in the state of Illinois, buy guns anyway. So that's... But a guy... But I got a lot of audio that, you know, in, in, in the meantime, I need to, uh, I need to share with you. The mayor of Highland Park, who obviously is quite the liberal, Highland Park, Illinois. Now, by, by the way, it just means of clarification, um, Highland Park, is it a suburb of Chicago? Yes. It's north of Chicago, but it's in a different county. Uh, But it is still subject to the same firearms laws that the rest of the state of Illinois is subject to. And it's a, a liberal area also. But it's a more affluent um, area than 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 Chicago itself. What do we need to do to reach these kids at a young age so they don't commit these crimes? Now, this is a guy from CNN interviewing the mayor of Highland Park, Illinois. I think it's a couple of things. First, I think we obviously need to provide significantly greater resources in terms of mental health care. We've seen those scaled back dramatically in the last few decades. But let's ask the question of why enraged people in other civilized nations in our world aren't committing these crimes. Mm. We know that this... Whoa, whoa. You're saying this three or four days after the mass shooting at the shopping center in Copenhagen, Denmark? Three killed and a whole lot more wounded? And you're just lying, saying it doesn't happen outside the U.S.? Please. Please stop lying. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a liberal politician. You just can't. This is a unique American issue. You're lying. And that's why we need to take necessary steps. I mean, all of these weapons and these mass shootings have been legally obtained. That should tell us that the laws are not doing their job. When you No, the laws can't enforce themselves. 
your folks didn't enforce the law. You have a city coming together to celebrate freedom and independence. You shouldn't have to come fearing for your life. That's not what this nation is mm. about, and we need to do something about it. Yeah, make sure more people are armed so a guy like this can't get away with what he did. That's what you need to do. But it's not what you want to do. Here's a little bit more from the mayor of Highland Park, the lying mayor of Highland Park, who says this doesn't happen anywhere else. Oh, oh, oh. So the mass shooting in Mumbai, India, didn't happen. So the mass shooting at the Eagles of Death Metal concert at the Bataclan in Paris didn't happen. Oh, oh I see, I see. But let's ask why we ha- why we got here. I, I am appreciative of all that people are doing to try to provide care. But how many times do we need to go through this drill? There literally is a handbook that was sent to me by several mayors telling me, oh, this is what you need to do in the wake of a mass shooting. We need to have a much stronger conversation about why these weapons of war are still permitted in our society. You're lying. They're not weapons of war. No army in the world uses AR-15s, but that doesn't matter because you know that your target audience, the typical liberal voter, is ignorant enough to fall for your lies, and that's what you rely on. Just like Eric Swalwell. Yes. Just like Adam Schiff. Yes. That's what I'm here for, to call these people out. That's what I do for a living. I call these people out. Now, I'm going to tell you why the shooter was on law enforcement's radar and how he was able to buy guns anyway. Anyway. In the state of Illinois. Okay, so we've got um, we've got more audio from the Highland Park Police as they're uh, trying to figure things out and and piece things together. So um, yeah, here's more. The matter was being handled by. Wait, 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 wait. Let's start at the start. We've done some research, gathered some reports, and I'm going to relay some information from two prior instances that occurred here in Highland Park. Uh, The first was in April of 2019. Uh, An individual contacted Highland Park Police Department uh, a week after learning of Mr. Cremo attempting suicide. Okay, that's number one. April 2019, suicide attempt. This was a delayed report, so Highland Park still responded to the residents a week later, spoke with Primo, spoke with Primo's parents, and the matter was being handled by uh, mental health professionals at that time. There was no law enforcement action uh, to be taken. It was a mental health issue handled by those professionals. The second occurred in September of 2019. A family member reported that Cremo said he was going to kill everyone, and Cremo had a collection of knives. Okay, that should have been enough to arrest him right there, right? The police responded to his residence. The police removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword from Cremo's home. At that time, there was no probable cause to arrest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No probable cause to arrest? 
He threatened to kill everybody. What do you mean no probable cause to arrest? What are you, nuts? There were no complaints that uh, were signed by any of the victims. Oh. They testify he threatened to kill them. But since they're not willing to sign a complaint, you're not willing to arrest him. Oh. So that's how it works. The Highland Park Police Department, however, did immediately notify the Illinois State Police of the incident. Well, for all the good that did, right? For all the good that did, because he was able to buy guns anyway, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Now, why was that? Why was he able to buy guns anyway? Oh, I'll tell you. But you're not going to like it. I didn't like it. Coming right up, I'll tell you why this guy who got red flagged was able to buy guns anyway. First, we're so appreciative of our friends, our advertisers, for making it possible for us to do what we do. And we hope that you will patronize them. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, 
personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule call now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 503-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. And thank you so much to our advertisers and our friends, Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones, Art Wilborn at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, and Mitch Ward at RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate you all so much. All right, so this guy, the alleged shooter, Just three years ago, they said, first of all, he attempted suicide, and then a few months later, he threatened to kill everybody in his family. And they took 16 knives and a dagger and a sword away from him. So, in a strict gun control state like Illinois, how was he able to uh, buy guns anyway after he'd been red flagged? See, because the prosecutor there, the county State's attorney in that county said, oh, we got these great red flag laws. They keep us safe. But we need to do more. Because obviously this guy just shot dozens of people and seven of them are dead. But, oh, those red flag laws work great. 
Of course, I mean, somebody called, let the police know he tried to commit suicide, and then a few months later, threatened to kill everybody. But boy, those red flag laws. Boy, they're great, man. They keep us safe. It's kind of like saying, uh, I got COVID, and I'm sure glad I got double vaccinated and double boosted, right? Doesn't make any sense, does it? Monica Eng is a reporter at Axios. Now, if you're wondering, what is Axios? Well, it's only been around since 2017. It got started by some guys from Politico, but it's kind of like the Associated Press or UPI or Reuters. It's it's one of those news services. And uh, Monica Eng is a reporter for Axios in the Chicagoland area. And so here's what she has out there on Twitter. She says the Illinois State Police just told Axios Chicago, and this was the evening of July 5th, that Robert Cremo's father co-signed for his FOID card, that stands for Firearm Owner's Identification, his dad co-signed for his firearm owner's ID card that he received even after threatening to kill his family and having his weapons confiscated. How about that? So, Patrick Smith, criminal justice reporter for WBEZ in Chicago, also had this, all of which was reported to the ISP, Illinois State Police. Again, per Illinois State Police, according to Axios and the reporter at WBEZ, Chicago, Cremo's death threats and weapon confiscation happened in September 2019. That's, you know, you heard we played the audio a little bit ago. Cremo then applied for his firearm owner ID card in December 2019. Oh, that's cozy. Just three months later. Sponsored by his father. And it was reviewed the next month, January 2020. Because the family did not press charges at the time of the September 2019 death threats. Illinois State Police says that when they were reviewing Cremo's firearm owner ID card application in January 2020, there was insufficient basis to establish a clear and present danger and deny the application for the firearm owner ID card. How about that? And then she's got a... The reporter, and God bless her, she's doing a good job here. I haven't seen this report anywhere else. Have you heard this anywhere else? I didn't think so. She's got a screenshot of the official paperwork for the Illinois State Police, which gives you the responsibilities of the co-signer for a firearm owner ID card in Illinois. It says, I hereby give my consent for this minor applicant to possess and acquire firearms 
and firearm ammunition and understand I shall be liable for any damage resulting from the minor applicant's use of firearms or firearm ammunition. This is just three months after he threatened to kill the whole family. But the reporter continues, but unclear what those responsibilities continue to be after the applicant turns 21. So that's a very good point there. Clarification. Wow. Wow. That's uh, that's messed up. What was Dad thinking? What was Dad thinking? I mean, did um, did Cremo somehow or another have some kind of uh, leverage on Dad? Was was that a possibility? Okay, so a reporter had a question for the uh, the Highland Park Police. Last question. Did his parents ask, uh, was his parents involved when the knives were taken from him? Did they report that he was threatening? And that's the reason why they came to the house with the knives? A, a family member reported that he was being threatening. So, so in other words, a family member reports the knives being there, but then he's buying guns and nobody said nothing. I'm not quite following your question. The police responded. The police responded in September, okay, to this call. They responded. They took the knives out of the home. They filed the paperwork with the Illinois State Police. At that time, there was no function to make an arrest. There was no. I don't know if the parents were there. I can't speak to that. Well, the state police could speak to it. Right? State police said, well, you know, we we didn't have a reason. We reviewed his application. We didn't know he threatened to kill his whole family. Since they uh, were not willing to swear out a warrant on their own flesh and blood, he was good to go. Best laid plans of mice and men. He threatened to kill his entire family, and because none of them would swear out a warrant, the police were unwilling to arrest him. Yeah, so talk all you want about how wonderful the Red flag laws are, but we got to do more. We got to do more, huh? Yeah. um, By the way, just a little clip from a video. It's only 10 seconds long that the, uh, the alleged shooter did. All right, guys. I'll see y'all later. Goodbye, Mr. FBI agent. Okay? Goodbye, Mr. FBI agent? 
Had the guy, I mean, he was on local law enforcement's radar. Hey, had he been talking to somebody in the FBI? Really? Hey, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Shooter bought guns. Give you a little bit more audio here. Handguns that you talked earlier about, uh, how many were there? Were they legally purchased anything on that? The count, the sheer number? So he had purchased five. Five, five firearms. Five oh. firearms, and that includes rifles and, and handguns as well. So the other three legally purchased, and they were handguns? There were a combination of which, I don't have the exact count, at least two rifles, uh, some uh, pistols, and possibly a shotgun. Those were seized at his father's home uh, pursuant to a search warrant yesterday. Yeah, after the fact. He's been charged with seven counts of murder, by the way. His uncle talked to uh, Fox 32 in Chicago. Yeah, he uh, said he saw no warning signs that his nephew could be violent. Paul Cremo told Fox 32 Chicago he saw Robert Cremo Sunday evening, did not notice anything out of the ordinary with his nephew, whom he described as a YouTube rapper. Cremo said, I saw no signs of trouble, and if I did see signs, I would have said something. He added that he and his brother are very well known in Highland Park. Cremo also expressed his sadness, saying that his heart is just shattered, says, I am deeply, deeply sorry for everyone that lost their lives and got injured from the bottom of my heart. I am heartbroken. Okay, so does that mean that his brother never told him, yeah, by the way, uh, Bobby uh, threatened to kill all of us. We had to call the cops. I mean, if that's what that means, if he's not lying, if he's telling the truth, he didn't know. Maybe they weren't all that close, huh? Man, oh, man. Red flag laws aren't going to get it, man. I'm just telling you. So, um... More from the police. During the attack, Primo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. Yeah, again, the transgender community oddly, oddly quiet about this. Because you know, some people say, well, if you put on women's clothing, then, then you're a trans woman. You know, and you're not a guy anymore. But um, for some reason, not this time. For some reason, not this one. Maybe, maybe they don't want to claim this one. I don't know. But part of what I do is to point out the hypocrisy in our uh, our politics 
in our media. Because I see people all the time on the television call a person they know as a man, a woman. That's all the time. Now, um, there's a woman named Erica Hill. She's been with CNN for almost 20 years. And uh, she was interviewing an eyewitness to the shooting Monday, July 4th, a guy named uh, Steve Tilkin talking about the the horror and the bloodshed. And uh, Erica Hill had a most unfortunate and inappropriate response. I saw that there was a body there about eight feet from where we were standing, and that body was surrounded by a pool of blood. And I realized how close we were to getting shot. That's, that's a lot so, of process, <laughs> to, put it, to put it mildly. Um, She's chuckling about the fact that he said he saw a dead body in a pool of blood. That's a lot to process. <laughs> Really? She's been at CNN for almost 20 years. She's not a rookie right out of journalism school, right out of college. Why do you why do you laugh about a dead body in a pool of blood? I don't understand. I mean, we all make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We all make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes, but I, I, I guess I guess not one like that. I just found that to be very odd, very strange. It um, it didn't make any sense to me. You know? I mean, but hey, here it is, WGN. Chicago's Channel 9, Highland Park shooting victim, pardon me, Highland Park shooting suspect was, quote, known to law enforcement, unquote. Robert Bobby Cremo III, the suspect in the Highland Park parade shooting Monday, was taken into custody Monday evening. WGN investigates, looked into his background. He was a prolific poster online where he apparently went by the name Awake the Rapper. His videos foretell his alleged violent acts. In one, he appears to dramatize a school shooting. In another video, Cremo appears to animate his own demise in a confrontation with police. His postings informed the operation to arrest him. Oh, so they looked at his online stuff to figure out. Okay. Highland Park, Illinois Mayor Nancy Rotering also confirmed to WGN Investigates she has a connection to the suspect. She said his father unsuccessfully ran against her for mayor in 2019. Investigators have only just begun to piece together the motive and methods of this murderous rampage. Police said the 22-year-old suspect, well, later found out he's only 21, was known to law enforcement. One question will be asked in the days to come. Were they aware of the violent videos that have been online for many months? Yeah, see, they're going to say that's protected by the uh, First Amendment. 
I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, no. They're going to say, well, see, that's, that's protected by the First Amendment. So, yeah. So, yeah, we can't really uh, do anything about that. Yeah, that's that's going to be the excuse on that. Well, threatening to uh, kill your whole family is not protected by the uh, First Amendment. And just because none of them had the guts to swear out a warrant, you're not going to arrest them? Really? No legal action was taken. Seven dead now. Seven dead. During a Tuesday press conference, authorities said Primo wore women's clothing in an attempt to conceal himself, specifically to help cover up his face tattoos. Cremo fired roughly 70 rounds into the crowd. It's believed he acted completely alone. Officials say the rifle was similar to an AR-15. There's no indication that the shooting was religiously or racially motivated. Lake County Sheriff's Department Deputy Chief Christopher Covelli said Cremo appeared to have planned the shooting for several weeks in advance of the July 4th parade. That from our friends over at... uh, Postmillennial.com. Yeah, so uh, they'll take advantage of it. Trust me, they will take advantage of it. There is a two-year-old, a toddler, whose mom and dad were murdered. Okay. A two-year-old. It is. Uh, it is horrendous. And uh, the great Carmine Salvia, over at Twitter, buddy of mine, Christian conservative writer, editor, pundit, says there were 71 people shot and eight murdered in Chicago on the 4th of July weekend, and nobody cares because they're not white. That's a sad commentary on our media. Yep. Sure is. Sure is. More people shot and killed in Chicago on a weekend, but the July 4th parade shooting makes the media and the mostly black victims of gun violence every weekend in Chicago, yeah, that's no big. That's no big. So, Matt Vespa, uh, over at townhall.com, he kind of digs into the whole deal about how this guy got his gun a little bit deeper. And he says, the number of red flags that have been raised about Robert Cremo III is staggering. Again, 
This was another preventable tragedy. Cremo went to a rooftop and opened fire on a crowd in Highland Park, Illinois, who were there attending an Independence Day event. Seven people were killed with at least another 45 wounded. Cremo was apprehended by police Monday evening, but as with other mass shooters, a number of red flags could stuff the trunk of a car. He was a prolific social media user with numerous posts featuring violent content. He was known to law enforcement. His mental health issues date back as far as middle school. Cremo also had a disturbing family incident, which Spencer will dive into later this morning. So how did Cremo get his weapons? They were all purchased legally, but in Illinois, you need a firearm owner's identification card, an FOID, to own guns and ammunition. Cremo's dad co-signed for his son's card in 2019, even after his past behavior. He says, I have a feeling this whole family is going to land in hot legal water. If they knew this kid was a problem, did nothing, and then signed a firearms card for him, they deserve to be charged as well. Here's what the Chicago Tribune says. Investigators believe Cremo disguised himself as a woman in order to hide his facial tattoos and aid in his escape from the scene. After the shooting, Cremo walked to his mother's house, borrowed her car. There's no indication he shared anything about his alleged involvement in the shooting with his mother. Following a police alert for the vehicle, an alert member of the community saw it and called 911. Before being captured, Cremo drove into Wisconsin and returned to the northern suburbs. After he was apprehended, officers found another rifle in the vehicle, which also appeared to have been legally purchased. Three other weapons were legally purchased, were found in his, in his home. Now, you got people you got people with NBC News saying, gee, I wonder if he went in, into Wisconsin because he was thinking that if he got, uh, if he got nabbed there, that uh, maybe he would get the Kyle Rittenhouse treatment and he'd be found not guilty. Idiots. You don't get charged where they pick you up. You get charged in the jurisdiction where you allegedly committed the crime. Idiots. NBC News, people saying this. I wonder if it was because of Kyle Rittenhouse saying he went into Wisconsin. What a maroon. Matt Vespa, Town Hall, says this is a mess. It's a circus. If you know your son is a head case... Co-signing for a firearm owner ID card is probably one of the most reckless things I've ever heard. You cannot make this up. You'll find out more about the 2019 incident that clearly shows Cremo was messed up in the head and would have certainly barred him from getting an FOID. Should have. Should have, but, you know, there are those among us who trust the government so much that they just trust that if you just if you just pass the right laws, then it won't be a problem if you just pass the right laws. It won't be a problem. Yeah, that's... Uh, That's nuts. Dailywire.com. Ryan Savidra over at Dailywire.com 
says uh, one of the suspect's neighbors said there were signs for a long time something would happen. He said there were always police cars to the house. The parents were arguing, fighting all the time. Jeremy Conman, who ran an after-school sports program that the suspect attended, said the suspect's parents were a problem. He said, I remember the parents more than him because they were kind of a problem. There wasn't a lot of love in that family. The suspect's mother got into it once with one of the heads of the program. She was yelling. It seemed like her kids were a nuisance to her. Oh, I see. I see. So it was like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a shame right there. That is a shame. You know, it's possible for uh, a parent to grow up in a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, for a a child to grow up in a good home and and go bad. That's possible. It's possible for a child to grow up in a bad home and turn out pretty good. But uh, a lot of the time, if the kid grows up and does something like this, then you do wonder what kind of home he grew up in. You know? You do wonder. Yeah, the uncle gave an interview saying the family didn't know something was wrong with the kid. Oh, saying the family didn't know. Wait, what? Did he say the family didn't know or just he didn't know? No, he says there are no signs that I saw that would make him do this. Never saw his nephew act violent or exhibit concerning behavior. He uh, told CNN, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's a quiet kid. He's usually on his own. He's a lonely, quiet person. He keeps everything to himself. Said he spends a lot of time on YouTube and didn't think he had a job. Well, how could he afford to buy all those guns in if he didn't have a job? What's up with that? Yeah, Uncle told uh, CNN, I associate with him, but I don't really like to engage with him. I say hi, and then when I leave, I say bye. That's it. The uncle, who's the brother of the father, Robert Cremo Jr., was interviewed by authorities Monday and told CNN his brother allowed police to search his home. Paul Cremo said, we are good people here, and to have this is devastating. I'm so heartbroken for all the families who lost their lives. Okay, well, 
A former classmate of Robert Cremo, 22-year-old Mark Hyman, told NBC he couldn't describe much about the suspected shooter except he was a rapper who released music while they were in school together at Highland Park High. He said he always seemed a little off, but I can't describe it much beyond that. Um, well... I mean, wouldn't you think that if uh, dad co-signed so he could buy guns after he threatened to kill everybody, then maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe dad should be held accountable legally? Just, just maybe. Maybe, wouldn't you think? Some kind of legal accountability there? I think so. I think so. So, we try to figure out sometimes... Because, you know, if if you have any sense at all, you know guns are not the issue because guns have been around forever. School shootings haven't been around forever. Or other mass shootings haven't been around forever, right? So I came across this guy, Vincent Perry, on Twitter. Says he's an intense American, constitutionalist, rescue diver. He says, let's talk about evil. Not about tools or political parties, but basic evil. Especially among young males. He says, for the last 30 years, the teachers' unions and university education programs have worked diligently to make boys just like girls. This has led to boys feeling hopeless and lost. Throw in the general diatribe, all whites being privileged, and the fact the world is going to end in 10 years, and you have thrown lost males into a cauldron of toxicity. These lost males are invisible to society. They have no purpose and no goals in their minds. They are nothing. They are not liked nor hated. They're just nothing. One day they wake up and see some wicked act by a degenerate bastard. People are talking about that guy being notorious is better than being invisible. So they start planning, and ultimately a small percentage actually carry out their nefarious plans. They are known. The press and the political parties play right into their hands. For a certain amount of time, it's all the talking heads discuss. Look at me. I'm finally somebody. The whole country knows who I am. Those that bred that evil are wringing their hands. Oh, what are we going to do? We have to do something. They never stop and wonder what is causing this other than firearms. This is a subtle evil. For brevity, let's just say there are people who get off on violence. We know they're out there. They don't care about societal norms or laws. They throw people in front of subway trains. They randomly beat people with hammers. They break into houses. They rape women. 
To the media, the anti-gunners, the teachers, teachers' unions, and politicians, I say, you have conveyed this evil upon us. Rational people understand evil exists and will do what is necessary to protect their families and fortune. Those of us in civil society need a tool to defend ourselves, the weak and the innocent. With today's technology, that answer is most likely a firearm. The more you celebrate evildoers and demonize those that defend the weak, you create more evil. Just remember, evil doesn't just come upon you in the dark. It infiltrates your life in broad daylight in the subtlest of ways. Always be on guard and prepare to stand up to evil. You never know whose life you might save. You never know whose life you might save. There are a lot of people reflecting on the violence in our society. Speaking of which, um, I believe Alec Baldwin is a psychopath. I agree with uh, the great Dana Lash. Wonderful talk show host. Used to be out of St. Louis. I think she and her husband are in Dallas now. But um, she was retweeting a, something from John Levine, who writes on politics and culture at New York Post. He uh, got a screenshot of a uh, conversation out there on Twitter that uh, Alec Baldwin deleted. So, and the full story actually made it into Newsweek magazine, but uh, Alec Baldwin, of course, believes this garbage about Trump, the lie from the January 6th commission. So he said, Trump tried to choke a Secret Service agent. I mean, what more do you need? Well, the fact she's lying, of course, the fact the Secret Service says she's lying. Anyway. So this guy named Mike Williams answers Alec Baldwin better than shooting your cinematographer. Alec Baldwin responds to Mike Williams who said, when I am eventually not charged with any crime, I will come find you so you can apologize. I'll find you, Mike. He's a psychopath. That Alec Baldwin guy. I mean, so good comment here by Emily, Emily Miller. Journalist Emily Miller, she says, how many people has Alec Baldwin physically assaulted? Real question. Somebody else says, red flag Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, red flag Alec Baldwin. That's... uh, That's interesting. Yeah, you want to red flag somebody. How about somebody who's already shot somebody? Who, uh, by the way, has not been charged. Has not been charged. By the way, um, did you know that Russia 
China and Iran. Yikes. Somebody said Cremo looks like a goon from a Popeye cartoon. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, did you know Russia, China, and Iran are getting ready to do military exercises in uh, Latin America? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, children, you uh, you can't make it up. And I'll give you all the details. I, I My best guess would be you probably haven't heard this anymore, anywhere else, but the Doc Washburn show is the show that you come to for the news that you're not getting anywhere else. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. 
Thank you so much to our friends and advertisers, Drs. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree at Arkansas Observical Center, and Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton. Justin Minton, my attorney, and Drs. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree, my primary care physicians. All right, that having been said, I love this part of the show. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Your Way. RedRiverYourWay.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. All right, now, we played you the audio a little bit earlier from uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, Democrat, Illinois, about the Highland Park deadly mass shooting in which he said, and I quote, Our founders carried muskets, not assault weapons, and I don't think a single one of them would have said that you have a constitutional right to an assault weapon with a high-capacity magazine. Unquote. So there's a guy named Henry Reardon. Henry Reardon, who has the tweet of the day responding to this knucklehead governor. And here's the quote. Our founders used only their own voices, not microphones or TV. And I don't think a single one of them would have said that you have a constitutional right to instantaneous speech with a Bluetooth amplifier. Signed, Fat Morons Who Use Tragedies for Personal Political Gain. Oh! Thank you so much. RedRiverYourWay.com All right, now. Iran, Russia, China? To run war drills in Latin America? Have you heard about this? I didn't think so. Washington Free Beacon has it. Iran, Russia, and China are gearing up to run a series of major war drills in Latin America in a show of force meant to signal how these militaries can reach the United States. Venezuela, under the leadership of anti-U.S. socialist President Nicolas Maduro, is scheduled to host the war games in mid-August, according to a report by the Center for a Secure Free Society, a think tank that tracks malign regimes, along with 10 other nations, Russia, China, and Iran, will move their militaries into the Western Hemisphere for war drills that will preposition or preposition forward-deployed military assets in Latin America and the Caribbean. The war games, known as the Sniper Frontier Competition, show that these malign regimes from across the globe are uniting and getting ready to make a loud statement that the regime that the region is ready to embrace the multipolar force according to the think tank report which focuses on Latin America's embrace of authoritarian regimes a key portion of Russia's military is prepping to bring for the first time some of these military games to the western hemisphere even as Moscow is bogged down with war in Ukraine. The war drills are one of the starkest signs to date that Latin America's coalition of anti-U.S. regimes 
is working to boost relations with Russia, China, and Iran. Venezuela's Maduro recently wrapped up a diplomatic tour of the Middle East in which he inked a 20-year strategic deal with Iran that laid the groundwork for an Iranian oil tanker to dock in Venezuela and offload Tehran's illicit crude oil. According to the think tank report, the strategic deal between Iran and Venezuela is meant to mirror similar strategic agreements that the Islamic Republic signed with China and Russia in recent years. Latin American regimes also are inking military deals with Russia. And it goes on and on and on. But this is this is not a good thing. I mean, and you know as well as I do that if Trump was president, it wouldn't be happening. If Trump was president, it wouldn't be happening. Now, I don't know if you remember, speaking of Trump, do you remember President Trump asking Texas Governor Greg Abbott to declare an emergency at the border, to declare that it was an invasion, and Texas Governor Abbott refused to do that? Does that ring any bells? Well, now there is a group of counties, border counties in the state of Texas, who have now picked up the ball and run with it. And on Tuesday, July 5th, representatives of these counties had a big press conference, and they're like, hey, we're declaring a state of emergency. This is an invasion, okay? So I just, and maybe, maybe Texas Governor Greg Abbott will finally start to feel the heat and see the light. But a U.S. representative from South Central Texas, a guy named Chip Roy, was at the press conference and he had a few things to say. Thank you all for being here. I'm Chip Roy, and I represent the 21st Congressional District of Texas. Uh, it's just a few miles north of here, the western southwest edge of the boundary of the district that I represent in Rial County. I want to thank all of these sheriffs, all these judges, and all these local politicians. I really want to thank you for hosting this. I want to thank you for your courage, because what they're doing right here is doing what the Attorney General of Arizona did and what the Attorney General of Texas needs to do, which is recognize an invasion. An invasion of the state of Texas that is undermining our security, risking the health and well-being of Texans, allowing fentanyl to pour into our schools and communities for Texans to die, allow our ranches to get run over, empowering cartels who are well-armed along the border with their tentacles reaching into Texas. you damn right that's an invasion. What else do you call it? You want to sit back and hand ring and sit around and wrap yourselves around the axle about a definition of invasion when the people of Texas are experiencing an invasion. And the whole point here, why we're here, is that these individuals have the courage to stand up and say it. Formally. To formally declare what is true, that we are being invaded. The language of the statement that they put out. That is a matter of law, the aforementioned facts which they outlined, outlined 
constitute, among other things, an invasion of Kinney County, Texas, as the term invasion is used in Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, Article 4, Section 7 of the Texas Constitution. That is what is happening. I was at Eagle Pass just this morning, meeting with Border Patrol. I was on the Rio Grande. I was up with about roughly 450 individuals, mostly when I was talking to them from Cuba, Venezuela, Colombia, all coming up, walking up to Border Patrol and getting what? Put in buses and then being sent to a processing facility to be released into the United States. That is what is happening. People say, oh, well, that's all fine. That's all just a humanitarian thing. But what's really happening is that all of those Border Patrol agents are processing people, undermining our law, releasing them to the United States unlawfully, illegally, which is why my, my orca should be impeached, and then distracting Border Patrol from being able to do their job of patrolling the river, allowing fentanyl and terrorist actors and dangerous actors to come up and pour into the United States. 107,000 dead Americans from opioid overdoses and poisonings. Fentanyl, an NFL star, fentanyl poisoning. A college star, fentanyl poisoning. West Point cadets, fentanyl poisoning. What do you need to see? to see the invasion that's happening to Texas. And you heard these great Americans, these great Texans, applauding the governor for stepping into the breach when President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas are leaving Border Patrol, dangling, fighting against a well-armed cartel. There, the, the governor is giving resources and providing help through DPS, razor wire, containers along the river. You've seen it. I was just down there looking at it today. But guess what? It doesn't work in the end if the federal government refuses to enforce the laws of the United States, and that is precisely what is happening. Not enough razor wire, not enough container stores, and not enough DPS troopers in the world to stop a federal government refusing to do its fundamental job to defend a sovereign nation. We should declare an invasion. We should, as Texas, turn people away and do what is necessary to secure our communities. Because as the judge said, we support our communities and protect our communities first, protect Texas, and then the federal government should be doing its job under the Constitution to reinforce that. You know, that right there, that's a statesman. That's uh, I, I've never met Chip Roy. I don't know him from Adam, but uh, that sounds like a guy who uh, cares about his people, cares about the Constitution. Wish we had a few more guys like that in uh, in Arkansas. We're right next door to Texas. Just a thought. Y'all, you've been listening to episode 188 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. I can't wait to do the next one. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, Simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the 10th. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, July 6th, 2022.